Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. Imagine that you are stuck in a prison cell. It's small and unclean. You're hardly fed enough to stay alive. You are usually in solitary confinement with nothing to do and no one to see for the entire day. And you have been in this condition for five years. When you are released from this ordeal, you immediately go into the media and claim that your captors treated you well. Would that really be how you respond? That is how people in history have responded. There are examples in history. It's called Stockholm Syndrome, where captives learn how to appreciate their captors. This is named after a botched bank robbery in Stockholm, Sweden, in August 1973, where those held hostage during that bank robbery developed a strange kind of bond with the ones who held them hostage. This has happened many other times since. Whether terrorists are holding people hostage and somehow this warped mindset develops where the captors learn to sympathize with those who are oppressing and abusing them. The Encyclopedia Britannica entry about Stockholm, Sweden, or Stockholm Syndrome, talks about how this bond is created when a captor threatens a captive's life, deliberates, and then chooses not to kill the captive. The captive's relief at the removal of the death threat is transposed into feelings of gratitude toward the captor for giving him or her life. It's almost like the captor becomes God to these people. He becomes the life giver to the captor, the captives. Simply by not murdering them. This entry continues. The survival instinct is at the heart of the Stockholm syndrome. Victims live in enforced dependence and interpret rare or small acts of kindness in the midst of horrible conditions as good treatment. They often become hypervigilant to the needs and demands of their captors, making psychological links between the captor's happiness and their own. 
Indeed, the syndrome is marked not only by a positive bond between captive and captor, but also by a negative attitude on behalf of the captive toward authorities who threaten the captor-captive relationship. So, what a horrible mindset to fall into where you actually can start to understand why a terrorist is making his absurd evil demands you start to root for the bad guys even though those same bad guys put you in that situation they're the ones who took you from your family and are holding you on the edge of death and yet you are thankful to them now this is exactly the way the entire world feels about Satan the devil. This world is held captive, and yet they have been tricked into liking it. What a masterful scheme by the devil. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. The whole world is deceived. That's the political right, the political left. That's the religious, the non-religious, the believers, the atheists, the capitalists, the communists, everybody. Anywhere across the whole spectrum of ideologies and beliefs is deceived. Except for a select few called out of the world and given access to the figurative tree of life. That's right. This deception goes all the way back about 6,000 years to the two trees of the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 3, where Satan deceived Eve, the first woman, and Eve convinced Adam to go along with it even though he knew better. That is the foundation of this present evil world. Your Bible talks about that. The three different worlds. The world that was, the present evil world, and the world to come. You can see examples of this throughout the Bible. The world before the flood, 2 Peter 3 and verse 6. The post-flood world, which continues to this day. And then the world tomorrow, which will come after the worst time of suffering anybody has ever experienced. And that's 
warned about in Matthew 24, verses 21 through 22. The good news comes only after the bad news. A peaceful, joyous world will result only after the coming suffering. That is all according to God's timing. Right now, this is Satan's world. He is the God of this world. Most people do not realize that. People have been tricked into thinking they're going their own way. They are making their decisions. They are establishing different systems in society and setting up their own civilizations. Meanwhile, they are going the way the devil wants them to go. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. You see, the God of this world, Satan the devil, is preventing people from understanding the truth. He is warping minds. It's worldwide Stockholm Syndrome. The vast majority of minds today could not even be reached by God's truth. And yet, God's truth still must go out. You hear it on this radio station, KPCG. You hear it through the Key of David television program by Mr. Gerald Flurry. The work that is being done by the Philadelphia Church of God today is that one true gospel message, that one true work. And yet, the vast majority of people are blinded to that light. The light is not reaching their minds. Not yet. But again, that is all according to God's plan and his timing. The late educator and theologian Herbert W. Armstrong actually wrote a booklet titled A World Held Captive. And he wrote here on pages 14 and 15, In all this world's learning and recorded knowledge, the one most basic and all-important dimension has been missing. That great super-colossal yet unknown truth is the one supreme purpose of the great creator God and his master plan for working out that overall purpose. This supreme duality of knowledge is, one, God purposes to reproduce himself through mankind created from the dust of the ground of the earth, and two, his master plan of 7,000 years for its accomplishment. God takes the long view. He can patiently wait for 7,000 years to develop human beings to the point where they can be a part of his family. Now, of that 7,000 years is 6,000 years 
of the world being cut off from him. That's God's choice because of our choice. (laughs) So we choose to follow Satan. God chooses to cut us off. Except for a few exceptions, like I mentioned. So this first 6,000 years, though, humans have suffered. The history of man is war. Winston Churchill said that. We have constantly gone to war, constantly shed blood. The way that we have lived is a disgrace to God. Our societies are built on the wrong foundation. We are following the God of this world, and that is why the world is falling apart. It's cause and effect. It's very simple. That is why the Afghanistan disaster. That is why mass illiteracy and starvation and slave trade, which still exists today underground. That is why the general abuse and the tyranny that we see everywhere in the world today. All the problems are a result of humans thinking we're smart enough to decide for ourselves. And we're not following our own creator who wrote down this Bible, this instruction manual to show us the right way. It's cause and effect. God wants to reproduce himself in us. But right now, the whole world is held captive. It's not happening for most people right now. Here on page 15 of A World Held Captive, Mr. Armstrong writes, God's purpose is to reproduce himself through man, reproduce the God family from the human family. It is vital to bear in mind that God is perfect spiritual character. Character is ability to choose the true values from the false, right from wrong, and to will to do the right, even against self-desire. That's the kind of character that God is building in his church today. And it's the kind of character that he will build in all mankind during that coming world tomorrow, that millennium after the return of Jesus Christ, where the world has been completely overhauled. Satan's world will be no more. It will be God's world. What a time that will be. Page 19 of A World Held Captive. Think about this metaphor. Jesus did not come to repair or remodel or make over this building, this world, this civilization. Its foundation is faulty, that of Satan. 
It's superstructure. It's systems of government and legal systems of law and justice. It's systems of faulty and materialistic education. It's religions. It's social systems and customs. All its superstructure is faulty, producing discontent, unhappiness, contention, competition, and strife, leading to violence and destruction, anguish, suffering, poverty, and death. Those are the supporting columns and beams of the superstructure of the building that is this world. Jesus did not come to reform this world, to bring it a spiritual revival, to pray for it, or to save it, or any of its ways. The church is the start, the embryo, of an entirely new and different building. So one building will be demolished and another is being built in its place. The world held captive, Satan's world will be leveled. It will be knocked down. Christ isn't, isn't going to come back to do a few touch-ups and then the world will be fine. Now, when you consider that description by Mr. Armstrong, it becomes pretty obvious that the Philadelphia Church of God is not political. Clearly, we do not say anything about hope being in any political party. There are no solutions in human minds. We do not know how to solve our problems because our problems are spiritual. Our educational system is entirely physical today. It doesn't even consider the spiritual dimension. The fact that God exists, that God has given us a purpose for being alive, that there is a devil who exerts very strong pull on our human, on our human spirit. So when we don't understand that spiritual dimension and how that spiritual side determines all of our interactions with each other and with our own creator... Of course we're going to struggle. <clears throat> of course it's going to be difficult. We're going to fail to find peace. Because we need that spiritual knowledge, understanding, and wisdom for peace. We are plagued by spiritual problems and we have no spiritual solutions. Only God does. And that is why Christ has to return to enact those spiritual uh, solutions that we could never figure out on our own. Now, all of this relates beautifully to a holy day. 
an annual observance that members of the Philadelphia Church of God keep every single year. There are no years off. This holy day is the Day of Atonement. A day that pictures Satan the devil being held accountable. The day of Satan's reckoning. When finally, true justice will be administered upon him. He will get what is coming to him. It can be so easy to look around and blame a political party or a corrupt leader or someone who is giving us trouble in our personal lives. It's all that person's fault. That group of people. They're to blame. But the spirit being behind it all is Satan the devil. All of his demons. And there are millions of them. And they are confined to this earth. As Revelation 12 verse 9 says, they can't roam the universe anymore. They're cast down and they're stuck here. And they're causing all kinds of of havoc and chaos. So, of course, this must be dealt with. How can Jesus Christ set up a new world after demolishing this present evil world if Satan and, and millions of demons are still here? How would this new world be any different from the world we're suffering in right now? If Satan and the demons are still among us, messing everything up. Well, God's plan accounts for that. The day of atonement when Satan the devil is judged. All the sins of all mankind that he caused will be placed upon his head. He will bear responsibility for those. Now, in that world-held captive metaphor, Jesus Christ paid the ransom price. He paid with his life. He died to offset the death penalty of all of our sins. That is how we can live beyond this physical life and enjoy everlasting spiritual life because Christ paid the ransom. But just because he paid the ransom does not mean that Satan gets to slip away and kidnap everyone in the next world just like he did to people in this world. No, Satan will be literally captured and imprisoned. Notice this, Revelation 20, starting in verse 1 and going through verse 3. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up 
and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. So for the entire thousand years of the world tomorrow, Satan will be locked up. He will not be able to exert influence over human minds, which he is a master at doing. Ephesians 2 and verse 2. But then at the end, he will have one last chance to rampage at the end of that thousand years before he is finally locked up permanently. But what a time that will be where Satan is not stirring up wrath and rebellion and violence among human beings. Not inspiring us to kill and hurt each other. And this Day of Atonement pictures this. This wonderful time when Satan will finally be held accountable. You probably wonder all the time when certain criminals today are going to be held accountable. The people who burned American cities last summer. The people who stole the presidential election. When will they be punished? Well, the ultimate question is, when will Satan be punished? And that's coming in just a matter of years. And that is so exciting, so uplifting. We have the honor to observe the Day of Atonement this year on September 16th. So sunset on the 15th all the way through sunset on the 16th. And we will rejoice on this day because we know what it pictures and we know that when he is locked up, a better world will be built. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.